Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod coming at you with our first edition of 2023 Best Bets. Cody coming off a pretty successful year as a podcast last year. Hopefully we can keep that momentum rolling. How are you feeling about your picks this week? I, uh, it's week one, and I got to say, I actually like my picks quite a bit. I feel like if we went back and listened to our first Best Bets podcast last year, I wasn't as confident just because, you know, with week one, you don't really know what to expect from some teams. You kind of just have to go off what you saw last year and their offseason adjustments and kind of just take a guess here this first week. So I like what I have. Um, but yes, I did want to highlight actually some of our, our statistics from last season. Uh, myself as an individual, I hit exactly at 50% on the weeks where we had best bets. Um, obviously, if you include the VIG, that's a slight loss. But luckily, my buddy Nick over there hit a solid 63% last year on his bets. So if you tailed Nick every single bet last year, you made a quite, a quite quite you made a good amount of money. And then as a podcast, as a team, we ended up at 56%. So if I, if I up my numbers a little bit, Nick can just stay consistent. We are going to be a dangerous duo here on this podcast and make some people a lot of money. So... Uh, Nick, I will, I'll let you lead it off because I actually like your first one quite a bit. It would have been one of my best bets if you didn't highlight it on our preview. So I'll let you kick it off. Yeah. Uh, this one's pretty easy. I rode Pittsburgh as a, uh, plus money underdog at home a couple times last year worked out for me. I'm going to go ahead and do it again here in week one. They are two and a half point dogs at home to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, my first stat that I have for this game is pretty simple. Mike Tomlin is 16-4-3 as a home underdog against the spread. Those are hard numbers to argue against. I feel like this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. If you want to buy that extra half point up to plus three, that could really come in handy in this one. I feel like a field goal could easily decide this game, but... I think I would rather just bet Pittsburgh to win straight up if you were going to decide between buying the half point and you know just laying the juice and just hoping they win the game. But I like plus two and a half quite a bit. I really like the under for this game too, but I didn't want to include two bets from the same game. I got burned in that week one last year, so I don't want to make the same mistake trying to learn from our, uh, our mistakes last year. But yeah, Pittsburgh plus two and a half, lock it in. For sure. I, I like that one quite a bit. Also on the 49ers side of things, you got Brock Purdy coming back for to his first game since his was it a PCL or Tommy John surgery. So that's that we'll see how that affects him. And then also Nick Bosa didn't get his contract signed till this week. So there is a chance that he may be limited on the snaps that he can play. I'm sure he'll be dominant when he is out there, but if he's only out there fifty percent, that's a huge win for the Steelers and this line. So I like that one quite a bit. Like I said, that one would have made my top three if you would not have said you were going to take it during our preview show. I will jump over here to my first one. That's going to be the Jaguars at the Colts. I'm going under 46 and a half. Uh, with this one for me, it's pretty simple. I It's a divisional game. I actually have two divisional unders, so those games are always lower scoring. These teams know each other pretty well. Nick highlighted during our preview show the Jaguars' struggles in Indianapolis, and then I also just don't think the Colts are going to be a very good team. I can see the Jaguars sneaking this one out, but I see it being more of a 20-17, to 20-13, something like that. Uh, so I have Jaguars at Colts under 46 and a half. Yeah, betting on a uh, rookie quarterback's first career start, uh, betting the under in that game is usually a you know a, sh- a shrewd bet, especially when it's up to 46 and a half. Pretty high uh, total. I am a little surprised it's up this high. I could easily see Anthony Richardson coming out, being the raw prospect that he is, and you know really struggling. 
this team only gets to 14, 17 points, uh, the Jags are really going to have to, you know, lay the wood to, to get this thing over. So I think it's a great call by Cody. And I like a lot of these divisional unders. Uh, as we uh, harped on the podcast last year, one of the rules for the betting, betting divisional games usually is you do not lay points. And if you're betting divisional games, bet the unders. So Cody is right on it here. I like it a lot. My next one. We are going to lay some points on the road, a bit of a cardinal sin, but I just can't resist. This line is just, just does not make any sense to me. Philadelphia, uh, minus four at New England. We're going to lay the points and take the Eagles. Uh, 11 of their 14 victories last year were by at least six points, and 11 of 15 games overall where Jalen Hurts was the starter were won by at least six points. So uh, that's well above your 60% threshold you're looking for. Uh, I just think that the Eagles are a much better, more complete roster than the Patriots. I think even if Mac Jones has made some strides in the offseason with you know a real offensive coordinator this time around, uh, I could easily see the, the Eagles taking this thing by a touchdown or even uh, you know ten points. So uh, even on the road, I'm not scared off by it. I think the Eagles are much better than you know much more much better than the Patriots uh, by you know they're 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 four more than four points better than the Patriots. Uh, I, I will take them and be pretty comfortable with it. Yep, I agree with you on this one as well. I saw this line and I couldn't believe Philadelphia was only favored by four points. Yeah. I know they're on the road and it's at New England, so you just never know with Bill Belichick what he might be able to pull out. But I'm getting the way better quarterback, the way better offensive weapons, the way better offensive and defensive lines, and probably the better defense all for four points. So yeah. the only thing I think the, the Patriots can say they have over the Eagles at this point is the head coach. Um, and I don't know if Belichick necessarily has the tools around him to, you know, be that great, great head coach that he was for years with Tom Brady. Not that he is not still great, but, you know, when your team around you is not that good, you can only do so much. So I like it. The only reason I may put this one on the hold is just it looks too good. It's one of those Vegas yeah, lines where I you're agree. just like, feels like a trap. You're just like, but... man, that's that looks too easy to bet. So I, but I, I, I'm with you. I 100% agree with your logic, and I think you should still bet it. It's just one of those when you look at it, you're just like, what does Vegas know that I don't? Yeah. And what what's going on? This is another one where I think if you're scared by that, which is totally fair, I definitely thought about that a couple times when I was putting this one on here. But again, just too juicy for me to pass up. I think you could buy this down to minus three. You're going to have to lay some juice. But if the, if the Eagles lose this or don't win this game by at least a field goal, you know I will come on here and eat crow. But I just cannot see the Patriots pulling this game off. And if the Eagles win, it should be by at least three points. Um, so I'd buy it down to three if you're scared of the, you know, just the fact that Vegas is kind of trying to bait you into this. But uh, it, the, the line's just, I I think they're going to win this game by at least a touchdown. So I'm fine with it. Yep. I was going to say, I might actually, uh, today after we wrap this up, I might see what Philadelphia minus six and a half looks like. See if I can get yeah. some good plus odds good, on good that. Good call. Like I said, the the logic does does is very sound on that one. Uh, mine here, I'm gonna take the Titans plus three at the Saints. This one is a little bit probably my third favorite out of the the three that I have, but it's pretty simple for me. I think the Saints had a lot of change this offseason. They're bringing in Derek Carr. Um, obviously, Dennis Allen has not been proven to be a great head coach, so I think you're getting a pretty big coaching advantage with the Tennessee Titans. I think quarterbacks are relatively similar. I think you could argue that the Saints defense is a little bit better than the Titans, but you know, that's why they're getting that those three points there. Um, I, I just see this game overall. I can't remember what the over under is. I'd imagine this is going to be a pretty low scoring 41. game. I see the mm -hmm. Titans just being their physical self that they are and just grinding it out on both offense and defense. 
I see it being a relatively close game. I'm sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and take the points. You got Titans plus three at the Saints. Yeah, a lot of the same logic that we used for the Pittsburgh San Francisco game, I feel like applies here. Should be low scoring, uh, tight game between two well coached teams. When that is the case, you usually want to just go ahead and take the points like Cody has here. So even if the Saints walk it off or just win by the field goal, you get your money back and uh, you know you are no worse for wear. So uh, if the Titans are able to go down to the New Orleans and win this game, which I think is totally feasible, you are able to cash this ticket. So good call by Cody there. My last one, another road uh, dog here, Miami plus three. They are on the road against the Chargers. The Dolphins last year, they lost one game, started and finished by Tua by more than three points. They were eight and three overall. When Tua was the starting quarterback of this team, they were one of the elite teams in the NFL last year. To be fair, uh, the, <laughs> the, one, uh, the one game that was started and finished by Tua that they lost by more than three points was against these Chargers on the road. But uh, that was just a really tough game for the offense overall. They, the Chargers kind of came out with a good game plan and really stifled them. But uh, we saw we had a bigger sample size of this offense being fantastic last year so. I don't think the Chargers have the horses to come in here and really shut them down. They're going to have to, you know, out uh, out game plan them. And against a you know really smart coordinator, Mike McDaniel, I don't expect that to happen uh, two times in a row. So, should be a good high scoring game. I'll go ahead and take the Dolphins to win as well. If you want to just bet them on the money line, but if you want to be you know guarded against a field goal win, go ahead and take them a plus three. I uh, I think this is a good line. I think this is a great line. Um, I would say I think the numbers adjusted a little bit recently. I think home field advantage is supposed to be about a two and a half point favorite, which I think we're kind of seeing that in the Saints uh, Titans game that I brought up. Yep. The Chargers do not have a two and a half point uh, home field advantage in Los Angeles currently. They, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if call. if they pan to that game and there's as many Dolphins fans as no Chargers doubt. fans in SoFi. So with that being the case, I'm all over this one as well. I think Miami, I, this is another one I'd probably just take Miami outright. Yeah. Um, if you're afraid of the field goal win, then take the three points. But I could see, I think Miami could come in there and definitely steal Easily. one uh, yeah. from the chart. Not even necessarily steal one. I think they may just be the better team. I agree. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to think if you go back all those years, if they would have just drafted Herbert over Tua, <laughs> the Dolphins would probably be one of the scariest teams in the NFL. Man. Yeah. So it's it's uh, um, but about. even with Tua, I think their their offensive weapons and and everything on the Dolphins make them very viable. Yep. And like I said, just with the, with it being three from in my eyes, what I'm seeing is Vegas is saying that the Chargers are three points better than the Dolphins, and just negating the home field advantage that is irrelevant at SoFi. I don't see that being the case. I think the Dolphins are right there with the Chargers when we look at their team. Yep. Um, the only the only thing you could say is the Chargers have the better quarterback, but Tua was fine last year with the weapons that he has, so I am not worried about that one bit. Last but not least on our best bets for week one, I got my other divisional under. I got the Rams at the Seahawks under 46. This one's pretty simple for me. The Rams have no Cooper Cup, so I think their offense is going to struggle quite a bit in this one. The Seahawks defense isn't great, but they were young last year. They should get better, so I think that they can hold the Rams. And then the Seahawks, again, I think this is very similar to the Jags Colts. You know, if the Rams end up around 10, 17 points, the Seahawks got to put 30 on the Rams in order to to hit that over. So I, it's just another one for me. It's a divisional game. These are relatively lower scoring anyway. And I just think one of the teams is not going to be very good on a season long basis. So I got under Rams at Seahawks under 46. 
Yeah, uh, very similar logic again to the Jags Colts under that we uh, that we harped on earlier. Uh, we don't have a rookie quarterback making his first start here, but we do have a Rams team that's very thin along the offensive line, missing their best offensive player. I feel like it's uh, they're going to be very hard pressed to score much more than twenty points in this one. And uh, as we often see in divisional games, even though the Seahawks offense on paper matches up pretty well with that Rams defense. You could talk yourself into them scoring 30-plus points. That's just usually not the case, especially in week one uh, and especially in these divisional affairs. So I could easily see this being a you know 21-17, to 24-17 type of win for the Seahawks. Uh, take the under. 46 is too high. I think this should be closer to you know 43-44. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to introduce our last segment. We're adding uh, one more best bet each week on top of the three that we're going to play on the over-under and the, uh, the straight-up lines. We're going to throw in a plus 500 or higher bet every week that we like, whether it's a parlay, whether it's a prop. Uh, that is up to the individual host here. So we're going to keep track of these as well by units. So, if, for example, I mess, missed on every single one of my long shot plays. I would be at negative 17 when the year ends, or I guess negative 18 if we went through all the 18 weeks. And uh, if, you know, every one that I hit, like uh, my first one is plus 600, that would give me six units if I hit it. So uh, we'll explain that as we go. Uh, we'll, again, keep track of all of this and uh, let you guys know how we're doing as the year unfolds here. But my first long shot bet of the year is J.K. Dobbins to score two-plus touchdowns at plus 600. This one's pretty simple. Houston Texans allowed 25 rushing touchdowns in 2022, and in four of their first six games last year, they allowed one single running back to score two rushing touchdowns. Uh, this is, again, a defense that did not use a ton of high-end capital other than Will Anderson, who profiles to be a good player, but not necessarily someone that's going to help them stop the run. The Ravens themselves have a lot of beat-up pass catchers. Mark Andrews on the mend. Uh, Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham have been on and off the injury report. So I could easily see this being a game where Baltimore's up a couple scores in the second half. Dobbins is able to fall in the end zone a couple times. At 6-1, to one, I'll take the bet. Hey, I, I love that as a guy who was, you know, considering if I wanted to play J.K. Dobbins or another option this week in fantasy as my RB2. So that gives me a little bit of confidence there. Go Dobbins. Um, I am actually <laughs> going to throw a fantasy question your way. I know it's a betting question or betting show, but if J.K. Dobbins gets in the end zone twice, has a big game, do you do you think that's indicative of the rest of his season, or would you try and sell high on him after week one if he if he goes I'm, out there and torches? I'm very the interested to see how this offense operates. If they're doing, you know, if they're operating a ton out of the shotgun and uh, you know handing it off to J.K. Dobbins that way, and he's not so involved in the passing game, I might look to sell high because I don't think that's necessarily going to be the best use of his skill set. But if he is getting a couple targets on top of still being the lead back here, it's going to be hard for me to, to turn away from him because I think he's a great player and this could be a really good offense. So I would be, I'd be hesitant to sell high, but it's just going to depend on kind of how the offense is structured. This is one of those games where we have our eyes on it because we don't know exactly what to expect from this Ravens team. Yeah, it's nice this year we're kind of getting a crop of running backs back that mm -hmm. were supposed to be really good that we lost with him and Cam Akers. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Javante and yeah. Brees Hall coming yep. off their exactly. injury. So a lot of lot of question marks in that category, but I like that bet quite a bit. You said that's plus 600? Plus 600, yeah. Perfect. 
Alrighty. So mine, I'm actually going to put a little parlay together Ooh. for the first week. I got an Love anytime it. touchdown parlay. Nick, you're going to enjoy this first leg. I got Kenneth Walker getting an anytime touchdown Ooh. against the Rams. I think this is one of my easier bets. Um, whether it happens in the first half or it happens in the fourth quarter when the Seahawks are running out the clock, I do not see it. I do not see a way Kenneth Walker does not find his way into the end zone this week. Similar th- similar situation with the second guy, Nick Chubb. The Browns' offensive line is so good, you know they're going to try and pound the ball, keep it out of Joe Burrow's hands. And, I mean, early in the season, he is just a touchdown monster. So I think he is a pretty easy one. And then my little bit of a risky one that helped me push this up quite a bit, but probably one of my favorite legs of this, Jahan Dotson. Anytime touchdown like against the Cardinals. Obviously a pretty soft matchup there, but um, you know, with ter- Terry McLaurin's turf toe, it looked like in the preseason Sam Howell had a nice little connection with Dotson. I could easily see them getting in the end zone um, at least once, if not twice, if Dotson actually ends up being that guy. Um, it is so crazy how quick of a turnaround Jahan Dotson's career has. Because I remember during our draft review show, we were like, man, it feels like the commanders missed out on all the top-tier wide receivers. So they just took the last one available, and now Dotson looks like he could be right up there with the rest of those guys. So I like that one quite a bit. That gets me a plus 1,005. So basically, if this one hits, I have just secured my first 10 weeks of the the Fantasy Parlay bets. So hopefully these guys get in the end zone. Nick, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the anytime TD parlays are really fun. Uh, also, if you want to just throw down, you know, you, you don't have to put down a ton to, to get some decent odds back. Pick a couple guys you think are in good situations. This is always a, a really fun way to do this sort of parlay. So I'm all for it. Uh, there's not a ton of analysis a lot of times that goes into any t- anytime TD parlays because touchdowns are a little bit fluky. As, again, I will admit by someone that's betting on two, two single touchdowns from one player, but... Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you just, uh, you go ahead and take the guys that have some decent matchups. You think you have a good shot and, uh, you know, you don't have to throw down a ton to get a ton back. So, uh, I, I think they're fun and a good way to start off the long shot bets of the season. Absolutely. You got any other, any other week one bets you want to throw out there for the people? Anything you feel good about? Uh, I will reiterate the Pittsburgh under 41. Uh, I, again, that would have 100% been on there. I think Pittsburgh plus two and a half and the under in that game are my two favorite bets on the line in all of the games this Sunday, I guess. Uh, Again, I just did not want to get burned on one game going, uh, away. I don't expect. So, uh, I didn't put it on here, but I do love that one a lot. I think that that is my second favorite bet, even above my Philadelphia and Miami uh, picks from earlier. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. That's one of my favorite games of week one anyway, so I will I will be tuned in for sure. Yep. But I think that's going to wrap it up. We got we got through week one of our betting show. I'm pumped. Cannot wait for football. We got the Colorado-Nebraska game on right now. I'm about to go enjoy. So, Ooh, Nick, let's yes. get out of here. Let's Peace out, everybody. See you.